Good afternoon. This is Rich Pass, Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about everything embedded, which is industrial, automotive, medical healthcare, consumer, and, and everything in between. I am here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast, and this week my guest is Gurjot Singh, and he is the CEO of Link Software. Good afternoon, Gurjot. How are you? Good afternoon, Rich. I'm doing well. I hope you are as well. Uh, I am doing well. And, you know, we're in this funny time, um, you know, with the whole corona thing, but I'm not even going to go there because we want to stick to technology here because uh, as I've learned of late, okay, let's, let's, let's get into this a little bit because I want to ask you a question that I asked somebody else earlier today. Um, our community in the embedded space seems to be not business as usual, but fairly close. Um, are you seeing the same thing that um, our engineers are, you know, they may not be working at the, the same efficiency that they were a month or two ago, but, but they haven't tailed off that much. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. In fact, uh, I'm going to say that our engineers are actually working harder because we have a deliverable to make. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I was uh, I interviewed somebody earlier today who works at uh, a very large semiconductor company, and he, he said that their mandate is, is to be at no less than 80% efficiency. If they're working less than 80%, then uh, there's a problem. Um, fair or not fair? I think it's reasonable. I think it's very important to be there for the family, and I encourage that, and I certainly support that completely, and if uh, there is any issue at all at home, that is the highest priority. But by the same token, uh, we do what we have to to make uh, satisfy our customers, and that's what we're all about. Absolutely. Okay, so um, that was just a little detour. Well, I really wanted to talk to you about open source software because I know that's um, one of your areas of expertise. I know you have many areas of expertise, but, but that's certainly one of them. Um, there are lots of places where open source is the norm. Um, people don't think twice about it. Uh, Industrial is a little bit different because of, of all the security issues and things like that. Uh, I feel like that's starting to change. And it isn't that people are being less secure. It's that that open source software actually meets the requirements that people need. Do you agree with that? Um, yes, no, why, why not? I, I agree with that. Let me begin by saying that I am a big proponent of open source, open systems, open source, for all the obvious reasons I think everybody knows about, lower cost, reduced time to market, faster support of the newer devices, et cetera, customizable, and more, most importantly, no vendor lock-in. But in my opinion, the resistance out there is partially because it's, the industrial sector is one of those that's slow to adopt, slow to change, and they are also concerned, as I would be if I was one of them, to make sure that if I adopt something in the open source, that I am supported by a commercial organization. That's very important. And I also want to be able to carry forward my legacy systems uh, because there's a lot of them deployed out there. And I want to be able to transition from the legacy systems to the new paradigm and the new trends in the market and do it in a way that is uh, somewhat seamless. I can only say somewhat seamless. Okay. 
I want to challenge you on one of those comments about being locked into a vendor. It seems like everybody has their own open source that's just a little bit different. And if you use, if you use my open source, while it's still open source doing air quotes, you still need my help later. Is that true? That is absolutely true, and it's interesting you say that. Here's one of the examples I would give. I say lots of interesting things. (laughs) You absolutely do. (laughs) And and, uh, I think if you remember the open SSL challenge or the open SSL bug, it was supposed to be a trivial bug, but it's arguably, in my opinion, one of the most dangerous software vulnerabilities that was ever discovered. And it's still out there for millions of systems that are deployed. So if I am relying on open source, I want to be able to rely on a company that can give me a bug fix and support it. So does that make it uh, not open source? Yes and no. It does to some degree, but I'm getting all the advantages through this large organization with what the open open source support benefits are, and there's lots of them. Such as? Such as, so if you look at the trends in the industry, edge devices are more intelligent now than they were before. And the device data that's coming off of some of these devices uh, needs to be picked up in real time, filtered, analyzed, sent to the cloud. With the AI, you can, you can get all the efficiencies that were not possible in the past. You have the ability to make better decisions. You can do all the predictive stuff. And, and a lot of these devices are using uh, protocols like MQTT, LoRaWAN, AMQP. Now, I can pick up an MQTT source uh, from, from open source repositories, but if there's a bug, I want it to be supported by a commercial company. So the advantages to open source are where the industry is headed, where we need to be able to get the most out of uh, AI, improve efficiencies, improve, uh, and, and be able to predict things that are likely to fail. And the only way to do that is to go to open source, but I still don't want to run into the situation like the open SSL bug. Okay, so that brings us to the elephant in the room. Uh, if, if I'm doing everything with open source, what do I need Link software for? Links. What Lynx enables is a framework that allows you to run open source software. So we support we support our build root Linux. We support all the Linuxes that our customers run, like Ubuntu and Red Hat. But if you want something that needs to be deployed and needs to be secure, and, and keep in mind, our customers and where we've come from in the avionics world want something that is certifiable and is safe and secure. So in that context, we provide the best of both worlds. You have a very, very small footprint separation kernel, a very elegant hypervisor, if you will, with some unique capabilities. But on top of that, you can run a safety-certified OS, you can run free RTOS, you can run Ubuntu, you can run Windows. And so we provide a framework that gives you the best of both the worlds and allows you to have what I call mixed criticality. And it also allows you to take the systems that are used in the industry, like Windows XP and Windows CE have been around in the industrial forever. We allow you to use those running virtualized on our subkernel. At the same time, 
develop new capabilities in a different partition and do what you want to do to be able to integrate with the AI and all the orchestration tools, etc., that you wish to through Linux, but at the same time get the safety and security and support for your legacy systems. So just to be clear, one of your engineers comes to you and says, hey, I've uh, done this latest project. It's completely an open source. You're fine with that. No issues? It depends on the kind of deployment. If it comes to – if it's a deployment that absolutely requires um, the, the, the safety or security, we would not use open source in there unless we have been able to examine it, run it through the analysis, and can guarantee that it won't create a problem. So in some ways, it's the equivalent of what uh, Microsoft does with this Azure, right? Takes the open source and then, and, and then productizes it. So we would do the same thing. But for our DoD kinds of customers, they don't want to see open source anywhere, at least for now. They're starting to adopt it in certain applications, but some of the other ones require absolute proprietary code that can be backed up so there are no vulnerabilities, no... Uh, no ways that a, a rogue country can come in and do something to it. Okay. So the answer is probably it depends, most likely. Is that what I'm getting? The answer is depends on the kind of deployment and the kind of use. Now, will I allow open source to come right into our SEP kernel? Absolutely not. Will we want okay. it to be a part of our certified OS? Absolutely not. But because we support okay. a mixed environment, you could still use it for running on Linux, as an example, or in Windows to do something that a customer wants. And in that case, we would absolutely allow the engineers to bring in open source because it's running on perhaps an open source environment to begin with. Okay. I think that's good enough for me. I think I'm, I'm going to buy that one. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that definition. That's good to I'd hear. like to thank you for – I'm sorry? I said that's good to hear. <laughs> good. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to come on to the podcast today. Uh, this is a first for you, I know, and uh, hopefully you'll be a recurring guest. Absolutely. Would love to do that. Thank you, Rich. That was Gurjot Singh. He is the CEO of Link Software, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Thank you very much, Gurjot. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Rich.